Welcome to the Progressatorium, conversations about innovation in higher music education. I'm your host, Susan Eldridge. In this episode, Cindy Johnston-Turner tells us about her commitment to get the music and the artists of today into her college band room. She's been working on collaborative projects with hip hop artists in Athens, Georgia, where her school is based, and is supporting those artists and her students to create new musical experiences that bring together the best of both worlds. Cindy's passion for an equal musical playing field is evident in this conversation, and she's right on the money with calling out how the narrow definition of what constitutes musical excellence is backing band programs and music schools into a smaller and smaller corner. Enjoy this conversation with Cindy Johnston-Turner. Welcome to the Progressatorium. I'm your host, Susan Eldridge, and I'm delighted today to be joined by our first guest coming from an ensemble direction background. So we're joined today by Cindy Johnston-Turner, who's the Director of Bands and Professor of Music at the Hodgson School of Music, University of Georgia. Cindy, welcome. Great to have you. It's great to be here. Thank you. It's, it's funny, you stumbled on Hodgson. Everybody does. Ah. I, it's, yeah, so please don't feel bad about that. We're, you know, I, I remember standing outside when my first year there and I overheard a, a father of a kid who was about to perform and, and he's uh, saying to his wife, I don't know, Hodgson, Hodgson, you know, and I, I, I thought that's great. In fact, there's a new brand, right? Is it, you know, the, the G in Hodgson is anything but silent or something yeah, like that. You know, I'm yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah, the I visual that's confusing. This, the sound is fine, but the written word is confusing. Um, can you give us a snapshot, Cindy, of what's happening at Hodgson right now? Yeah. Um, a lot of uncertainty, and a lot of scrambling around, a lot of um, chaos, frankly. We're not getting, well, I shouldn't say we're not getting a lot. We just today got some more direction from um, the president of the university and the University of Georgia system that we would be phasing into uh, quote unquote normal operations, which will be anything but normal um, in August. So um, we are starting to meet, although many of us have been meeting ahead of time, but we're starting to meet in committees to talk about live music delivery, to talk about the future of ensembles, to talk about uh, curricular change, to talk about uh, all, all the things that we need to talk about under the auspices of A, we come back to school and everything's fine. Uh, B, we come back to school, there's another, uh, you know, all the things that we've heard, another uh, uptick in the virus and we go back online. Three, we're all online. Four, you know, you know, four, there's a volcano and, you know, whatever. There's just all of the, all of the uncertainties. So we're, I find it incredibly unmotivating to, to make these plans when we really don't know how it's going to go. Mm. On the other hand, I am motivated, I'm motivated by the change. So um, yeah, that's, so that's sort of where things are happening. We went, we went completely online at the end of March and we finished out the semester at the end of May online, which was interesting. So I, frankly, there was, a, there were a lot of students who were trying to finish out their year with bad online learning because a lot, a lot of the professors, do, you know, we don't know what we're doing with online learning. Yes, it's hip, it's cool, it's, it can be incredibly robust if you know what you're doing. But frankly, a lot of music professors don't know what they're doing with online mm. learning. So um, that was unfortunate, but, but we did the best we could. 
yeah it's really it's really um illuminated the um like the pedagogical challenge that we know that good teaching is not standing and talking at somebody for 45 minutes uh yes uh you know so i think that's really what i find one of the things i find fascinating is is that if if you're a conservatory within a, a larger university you've usually got an education faculty um yet the research around high impact teaching strategies and teaching pedagogy that's happening in the school of education is not necessarily being implemented in the teaching practices right on that's a kind way of saying you're not walking the talk yeah right? <laughs> Very kind way. I mean, I really, it, it quite frustrates me. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, we could go on and on about music education and, and uh, its delivery in higher ed versus the practicality of your first gig in the first five years of your gig, but uh, that might be another topic. But again, here's, a, here's another opportunity, right, to really take a look at, at this and make some make some changes I completely agree and so you mentioned yeah. um, when, when you were talking about what's going on at the school right now is this this conversations about what is the future of ensembles and so um, without your University of Georgia hat on can you tell me what is the large ensemble for what is band for and yeah any large ensemble yeah, yeah. Um, I think it can be a real building block for a sense of community in a school of music. I think that the power and presence of being in a large group of people, um, working, playing, singing, whatever, towards something larger than oneself, uh, is extremely powerful. It's partly why some people go to church. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying music is, is a religion, but, but that sense of being, in, being within a community and committing to something uh, higher or than yourself, bigger than yourself, but you're an integral part of it, is, is beautiful and important. And frankly, a, a professional skill that we that we need to learn as musicians, as is chamber music, of course, and solo performance and everything else, and how to build a website and all that. But but being learning how to follow and learning how to be part of a community is important. Um, I mean, I could go on about the musical value, and and we could do that. And I have some questions about it um, when we. <laughs> You know, I was just on a panel talking about inclusion and diversity in, in, the, in the curriculum, particularly with band music. And if I hear the argument one more time, oh, but quality, I'm going to scream. Uh, it's like saying, I don't see color. Of course you do. <laughs> and that's you saying that is part of the problem, right? Uh, oh, I only care about quality. I don't care if the piece was written by a woman or, or some other underrepresented composer. Well, that's, that's a big part of the problem. And don't tell me that the majority of the band music that we play is quality, because it ain't. Um, and, and so when we talk about the future of, of large ensembles, in particular band, I think we have to discuss these things. I think we have to discuss the fact that Kendrick Lamar won the Pulitzer, and Kendrick Lamar would not get into UGA. He yeah. might not get into Juilliard. He might not get into any of these major conservatories in the United States or across the world. And we're not talking about that. 
hip hop is the number one listened to music in America, right? The least listened to is so-called classical art music. And we can talk about that definition and why I'm putting it here, because what is art music, right? Music for a few, music for the rich, music for the white, uh, music for people who can afford it and are, are trained. Uh, and of that classical music, where do you think band is, you know? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about relevance. Let's talk about the kind of music that people want to listen to. Let's talk about the fact that we've been teaching band music for what, over a hundred years? Why isn't it ubiquitous on the radio? Tell me that. Um, these, are some, these are some of the things I ponder. Uh, and, and when we say the future of band and the future of ensembles, I, I worry except for, I can't, I can't. I, I have to think, all right, what, what can we do? What can I do? And what can we do as a profession to, to, to move in a direction that keeps us relevant, hip, interesting, uh, something that a lot of people want to pay attention to. Because right now, nobody's paying attention to band music, except, except the vacuum that is band. Mm. Um, you, could say, you could say the same thing about, you know, a lot of so-called classical art music, uh, that it's, it's pretty segregated and it's, it's pretty insular. There's a really fantastic uh, book that's just been written by a, um, she's a musician and a researcher she's based in the UK but she's originally from New Zealand called Anna Bull and I'll put this in the show notes for you as well um, it's called Class Control and Classical Music and it's really exploring how the entire construct of the the education system supports elitism and um, a particular slice of the world participation of a particular slice of the world and middle class um, it's a real and she there's a podcast interview she did um, a, about the research that she undertook with youth orchestras uh, and it's just it's it's a really fascinating ethnographic and sociological look at why we are where we are from you know and not just saying well um, as, as we do there's a whole load of issues around the band programs in schools but it's part of a pipeline and so um, what are the, where is the pipeline coming from and where are the, where's the signaling and the noise and, and what, what, what are their experiences before they get to us? Because it's pretty hard when they get to us if they've had 10 years of a particular type of experience to unravel that in four years. Uh, right. Yeah, it's a really, really fascinating, really well put together read about the, about the context in which um, the, the, the challenges that we're facing, the context in which how we get to here. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll share that with everyone. Um, yeah, please do. I'll, 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 I'll buy it immediately. I, the, the other one, of course, is Highbrow, Lowbrow. Uh, Levine, L-E-V-I-N-E, uh, wrote, I think in the mid to late 80s, that sort of uh, also talks about how we got, how we got to now, mm -hmm. uh, which was back in the 80s. And one I just finished by John Steinbaum called good music, what it is, and who gets to decide. Um, it's a very good read. Unfortunately, he only talks about Mahler and, and Bruce Springsteen. There's no, there's no uh, underrepresented composers there, which is too bad. It was, but that, you know, he might just really know the music of Mahler and, and Bruce Springsteen. It's a good start. But basically, that the argument, as I'm sure Anna makes, is that, you know, quality is 100% what you've been taught quality is and who you've been taught it by 
Mm -hmm. uh, so therefore, very subjective and, and loaded with who's got the power, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, 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 I think also the challenge of, um, you know, in school, in, uh, I have two teenage sons. They're really heavily engaged in their, in their band program at school. And, you know, what we see is, is very populist programming. Uh, so they're getting, you know, the, the quality of the repertoire, they're getting their over-programmed, one issue. And uh, it, it's, the, 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 again, I'm making a very generalist statement here, but perhaps the teachers are prioritising being popular with the band kids, uh, choosing lots of charts in 4-4, B-flat, block writing, um, instead of, you know, maybe taking a two- or three-year um, approach to re-educating their palate, their musical palate, and re-educating the parents' musical palate as well, so that uh, so that they will equally enjoy, a, a, you know, a Maslanka piece as they would a, a Star Wars medley. But it's you know, it's it's just nothing against John Williams, but no, yeah, yeah. Williams, of course. Uh, but, you know, there's, a whole load, there's a whole load of other really great band writing out there, or, or even you know some of Jody Blackshaw's work. Um, so I think it's the you know one of the challenges is with the teachers in schools is you know they don't they're not given enough time fraction to prepare properly for band if they're teaching in a school and there's a lot of choices being made about um, yeah rep, pop, popular repertoire to keep the kids happy I chose this because the kids will like it rather than the, you know there's actually some fundamental uh, um, ensemble skills uh, issues in our program and I'm going to repertoire choose to to be able to spend a year or two to be able to addressing those kind of core challenges we're facing because we won't be able to get better. Yeah, you're, you're, you're hitting on a lot of things that I have a lot of thoughts about. One is process versus product. We're very product oriented with, 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 with band and most large ensembles, that is the concert. And yep. in, in this time, in, in this time of COVID, I think we have an opportunity to, to, to really talk about process and what that means and what it could mean. I think we have to think about even the product differently because we're going to be, we're a long way away from a bunch of people sitting in a concert hall. Mm -hmm. So what, what can, what can a concert or, or, or whatever we're going to call it look like and what can that do pedagogically for my students? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I also feel like, um, we underestimate our students. We yeah. underestimate our audiences and we underestimate our students. And, and I feel like if, if the person at the front of the room is passionate, first of all, knows their stuff, but is passionate about it and helps the students through not just why they should like it, but why I like it. This is why I am so in love with this piece of music. This is how it makes me feel. And this is how I'm going to articulate. In other words, teaching them um, how to articulate, because we don't do that very well, right? Or teaching them how to articulate why they like something, to, to, you know, as an avenue to talk about form, harmony, rhythmic complexity, uh, uh, anything, you know, to, uh, uh, in music. Um, we just, we're not very good at it. We're good at pointing out what's bad. But yes. we're, we're, not, we're not good about pointing out what's good and why. Exactly. And at the moment, um, most music education is error detection. Right. <laughs> That's really what it is. It's like, oh, that, that beef, you were late on the B flat. Clarinets, you weren't together at measure D. 
uh, and you, you talked about, um, you know, we opened this conversation with what is band for and what is large ensemble for. And I think the same question can be asked of, well, what is a rehearsal for? What is a rehearsal now? And this is a process. So I run a youth orchestra that's actually um, not for little, little kids. It's for um, young professionals, 18 to 35 who were the band kids or the orchestra kids at school who are now doing physics or chemistry or medicine or engineering. Um, so very few of them are, uh, are trained um, beyond sort of their school music experience. And we've had this same challenge. We can't be together. And so we, we didn't want to assume, we wanted to give them authority. And we, and we also wanted to see where they really were because what we see in the rehearsal space is limited by the technical proficiency on the instrument. And there's a lot of musical, deep musical thinking that goes on that we can't see because they've got, you know, maybe there's some challenges with, with the time they have to practice. And, and you know, some of what's... Uh, the, the musical expression is not necessarily representative of the high level thinking that's going on. So we, we didn't want to assume anything. So we said to them, okay, we had this beautiful opportunity of, of like six to eight weeks now of, of being together in the same room with a shared purpose of growing and learning through music. That's what a rehearsal is. What do you want to do? And out of them came the most amazing suggestions. They wanted Alexander technique. They wanted to learn deep score analysis. Uh, yeah. They wanted to learn how to improvise. Yeah. So, we've got a, so we've got a now, now we're getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, we just ask them. We don't do enough asking. We do a lot of telling. Yes. Um, uh, that, because that's what we're trained to do. It's what co conductors do. Yes. We're the experts. We're very good at, you know, yeah, I trained really hard and long for this. And I, I, you are sharp. And I'm going to point that out. Yep. You know, we're, yep. we're, we're, we, we diagnose and we fix. And, and I really think that those days are over. And I love that you're asking, what is rehearsal for? It's, it's how I open a talk I do often. Uh, you know, the first thing I think we think of, well, it's to, it's to, it's to get better, it's to improve. What about, uh, it's, to, it's, to, it's to create a safe space to take risks. Uh, what about, it's a place to build musical independence. Are we doing that in our band rehearsals? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, to to listen at a variety of levels. You know, uh, deep, different, different levels. And I think uh, also, if 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 we are to say, um, say with the orchestra as the ensemble model, the purpose of them, purpose of having an orchestra in a conservatory is to prepare them to work in an orchestra. Well, there's a whole lot of issues with that right now. Oh, yeah. uh, first and foremost, to get a job in an orchestra, you have to pass an audition. So is the orchestra subject actually teaching them how to prepare and, pay and take and pass auditions? No, it's not. It's yeah. simply replicating music they've probably already played in youth orchestra. So yeah. what is orchestra for? What, a, what an opportunity we have to rethink this now that it must be for something different. Yeah, yeah. Because that argument doesn't stand up. No. Uh, it, it didn't stand up pre-COVID. No. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I, can I tell you about a project? That, that I was I'm just working? about to ask, can you tell us how yeah. this, this thinking of what is it for, how you are enacting that in the, in your, in the ensembles that you have? Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of different things. I, I, I do a lot less conducting than I've ever done in rehearsal. 
I, I get off the box a lot, walk around. We do scramble rehearsals where, uh, and, and you know, these doctoral students in, in performance, they love it just as much as beginning band students. You know, you, you can't sit in the same row you normally sit in and, and you can't sit beside a like instrument. Boy, it just, it changes everything. Like, you know, introduce the person. You, I do it with honor bands and, you know, they don't even know each other's name. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it helps build community. It, it changes how you listen, musical independence. I didn't even know that learning everybody else's part, all these things that we say that we, that we want to do. Just changing the seating is incredibly powerful. Um, I, I've, I've done things where I'll say to an ensemble, your homework is to not practice. That gets their attention tonight. What I want you to do is listen to this rehearsal recording. Percussion, you're going to listen for intonation from letter A to letter B and let us know. You know, flutes you're going to listen to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And just, it's a really, a listening assignment in, with other parts. Um, beyond all of that, and I, I, I can put a PowerPoint, I can send you a PowerPoint presentation of all of these ideas, you know, the basics and beyond the basics and how to, how to build a sense of trust, risk-taking, uh, community, in, musical independence, uh, critical thinking, critical listening, lots of practical ideas on how to do that. Um, and I am interested in that and I'm doing that, but the project that that we're really excited about right now is is back to my comment that the number one listened to music in America right now is hip hop. I, when I'm not in Canada, I'm in Athens, Georgia, which is one of the hippest independent music scenes in the United States. Um, how much interaction do you think there is between the Conservatory of Music and the independent music scene in Athens, Georgia? Oh, uh, no, I wouldn't think there'd be a whole lot. Right. Yet. Yes. Uh, yet. Right. So um, this project was born out of a colleague of mine. We were talking earlier about, uh, before we recorded, we were talking earlier about the power of faculty to just do stuff. Um, because they think it's the, the right thing to do or because their students are asking, they're begging for it. Um, what would it look like for a band, uh, a wind ensemble, to have music and be part of the process co-composed by um, University of Georgia Conservatory composers, faculty, and Athens area hip hop artists? What would that look like? What would that process be like? Um, and it started last year and the, the three or four meetings that we had, hip hop artists and the composers and Connie Frigo, who's a saxophone professor who will be part of this and I, I mean, I was, I was so excited the majority of the time or I was on the verge of tears because of the level of, of conversation and dialogue we were having about artistic process, about, uh, about music that's notated versus music that's not notated. <clears throat> At one point, one of the hip hop artists, uh, I think it was uh, King Blanco, I had dropped, some, dropped a term and he said, you know, five or six minutes later, he said, can I ask a question? And I said, sure. He said, what's a pops concert? What's a pops concert? <laughs> and, I, and I said, you know, that's a damn good question. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's an outdated way to think about music and music mm -hmm. delivery. Um, 
And, uh, you know, because I'm also very interested, I, I'm, I, I know you've, you've probably read, um, oh, it'll come to me just a minute, uh, Alex Ross. Yes. Uh, yeah. Rest is noise. Uh, rest is noise and listening is 20th century. Yeah, he, he, he talks about how, you know, um, basically educated hip pop artists are speaking the same language as so-called classical art composers who are paying attention. Um, there's, there's, there's more overlap than we are paying attention to or that we assume. And um, some of the stuff that's coming out of this is amazing, amazing. And um, I'm so excited for what this is going to, I'm, I'm excited for what it's going to be. I'm more excited for what it is now. Um, and I'm, and I'm, of course, now we're thinking, all right, if we, we might not be having a uh, large wind ensemble as we, as we know it in the fall, we not, we definitely are not doing this in a concert hall. Don't get me started on concert hall ritual and how classist that is and repressive. That's a whole other topic. Uh, we're going to do it at a, basically a downtown bar, um, where you can, you know, stand up and have a drink and, and, uh, if, if that's your choice and, 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 and talk about it uh, as it's happening. And therefore it probably will be chamber ensembles. And by the way, then we got thinking, well, you know, chamber ensembles are actually more portable uh, because students are asking to, to get into the, what, what can community engagement really look like? Are we really listening to the people with whom we say we are engaging? Um, we're getting into each other's sandboxes. The hip hop artists are teaching us so much. Um, and, you know, I have a, I, I've said this before, I have an issue with this word inclusion. Just because you can come to my party doesn't mean I'm gonna let you dance, you know what I mean? I mean so we, we yeah. have to really listen to what, what we can teach each other. And I do a lot of listening at these, at these sandbox sessions. Um, and, and we're now thinking about, because we did a project uh, called Charlottesville, where, where we changed the model of, of what a performance could look like. We completely changed it, and I can talk about that if you like, but we're thinking, well, why don't we just do something like that, like we did with Charlottesville, which was so empowering for the audience, people that were there, and us, <clears throat> and the students um, with this project. What if I took the Win Ensemble into two prisons last, last year? Uh, that was an opportunity for me to, to uh, do a little bit of talking about the prison system and how bizarre that is in the United States and the populations there and grace and second chances and beauty and uh, humanity and all of that sort of stuff. But really, you know, we went in, we played a concert. It was very moving. It, it meant more to us, I think, although I'm sure the prisoners would, some of the prisoners would disagree. It was really a beautiful thing, but then we left. What, what about a more sustainable kind of um, project within the prison system that um, is, is more than a one-off. I mean, it, it's, it's something where, where we're, um, you know, we're, we're interacting with them musically, with hip hop, with so-called classical art music. Uh, you know, the school to prison pipeline is real. Um, could, could, we, could we go into the, some of the area, Athens area high schools, 1% of those kids get into UGA. Um, and of that, you know, 0.00%, 1% are, are kids of color, right? So 
come on, UGA, mm. come on. Um, you know, what, what can we do to do some healing there? And not that I, not that I feel like my identity is UGA and I, I speak for UGA and I have to do all this healing. That's actually way too heavy for me. But um, I know that my students will be changed by this process. How the product happens will be important, yes, but, but the process in this case, it's really exciting. And, and if we're gonna think really about what rehearsal is for, what is it for when you're, when you're performing music that you, you, it's just not in your wheelhouse? You know, what, what, is, what, is, what does that mean? What do you mean? There are, you want me to just, there are no notes. What, where's my music? Well, just listening, you know? Um, I'm way out of my comfort zone here too, right? I, I don't even know if there's going to be a podium and a baton. Um, I don't care. Um, I, I, I think it's, um, it's just something, and it's just one thing. This is just one project. And could this be a model for other projects? Yes. I mean, maybe hip hop isn't the scene where you are. Maybe it's bluegrass. Maybe it's mariachi. Maybe, you know, can, can you, can you intersect with those communities and, and listen to those communities and learn from those communities? And can your students therefore do so? I, I think so. Mm. And, and I, can't, I, I can't agree more with all of that. And I think if we continue to ignore this issue, the box that we choose to be in gets smaller and smaller because our, our um, minority communities are not going to come knocking on our door to work with us. And, and the other thing is also acknowledging that they have the right to say, no, thank you. Right on. Yeah. If, if what we are presenting is actually all about us, which is the going in, playing a concert at it, at people, then I absolutely rightly, the smart people in those communities will say, this is a token gesture. Right on. They haven't yep. thought anything about who we are or our musical, um, our cultural identity, our cultural heritage. Um, they want some photos. Mm -hmm. That's yes. what this is all about. It's a photo opportunity and, and no. Yeah. So also that if we're not coming at it from a place of where you are, of, of actually we have a responsibility to use our music to connect people together. And then what does that look like rather than, oh, we need to play, we need to be doing more. So there's, there's not a, the, the, problem, the problem happens when these things are not coming from a values basis. Right. Of the, the, my value is being responsible to others and, and shepherding people together in a musical like way rather yeah. than, oh, we're just going to go play a concert for some kids who look different to us. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's meaningless. And we wonder why. People... You know what? It's worse than meaningless. It's yeah. worse than meaningless. It's actually quite harmful, isn't it? It's, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. or it, 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 and the other thing it, it also does is we wonder why people of those diverse communities don't come to what we do. It's because the only exposure they may have had is a meaningless concert in a primary school. Like, so they've had, they've had meaningless connection with what we do. Why on earth do we not wonder why that? Why, why is it confusing to us that they don't come? And, and also, even if they've maybe had some experience of band in school, if they've been fortunate enough to be at a school that had a band program, chances are it, probably, it may not have been a very good experience. No, and they were playing. Years, uh, they've had two years of playing saxophone. Yeah. Of, of, and it was just, it was boring and dull and they didn't learn anything. And their musical and cultural identity was 
not present. Yes, yes exactly. At all. Yep. So why are we wondering why they're not connected? Yep. There's no, why should they come to us? Yeah. Yeah. The, the two things that you've got, you've got me thinking about is um, one is at, at the very first meeting, I said, I don't, I don't want this to be a hip hop show uh, that we do. And I don't want this to be a band concert that appropriates hip hop. So we, we are, we are treading that line very, 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 very thoughtfully and carefully uh, and with open hearts and open ears, both, both sides. The other thing is that at the second meeting where we met with all the hip hop artists, um, I invited them to a wind ensemble rehearsal on campus. And they were, you know, super excited about that and emails were sent and parking passes were, um, were, were arranged and nobody showed up. And, you know, I talked to Montu is the, is sort of our conduit. I said, Montu, you know, tell me about that. Why, you know, I, I, we went to all this trouble and they seemed really keen. They wanted to come and really, you know, the students were, you know, super keen to meet them. And, um, he said, well, <laughs> he said, first of all, the campus is not friendly to us. Um, and second of all, a couple of them had to work. And, you know, we really don't do email. You gotta, you know, you gotta text. So all, all of these assumptions that I made, yeah. well, if they get a parking pass, you know, and they, and they say they want to come, um, and they're excited about it, they're, they're going to come. Well, no, um, that, that was so naive and, um, a, from a place of privilege, frankly, that I, that I thought that that would, that would happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got to do better there. So, so the idea of, of people that have not been invited to campus before in any kind of systemic or meaningful way, suddenly feeling welcome, uh, ain't going to happen. And I think also starting, um, if we can start all our phrases with, with you instead of I, so, you know, and I know I'm, I'm equally as, uh, get in this mindset as well. I, w I want you to come. I can organize a pass. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and if I'd started that conversation with you are welcome here, you are valued here, what would you need to be able to be here? What might be some things that could get in the way? Is there anything that I could do? So letting, you know, letting the, letting the conversation flow from you are welcome. What do you need yeah, to, be, yeah. to be here in the room with us? Because that's, that's it's it's we need you here yeah love it yeah so i, I know I'm, I'm the same way I'm like but i organized the parking pass and i and i and i sent you the google instructions i sent you the google like the, the google drive instructions of how to get here on the street view and i've done a special map with a link to the and we forget well you know they just they had to go to work yeah 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 and, that, and it's interesting because i do i play um so i'm a horn player and I play in a rock, it is kind of independent rock band where I do improvise. That's a whole nother, uh, that's a whole nother journey from classical French horn player to improvising. But um, I'm very much of the, if rehearsal starts at seven, at 6.52, I'm in my chair with my pencil and my charts and my water bottle. I've got everything and I'm like, I'm ready to go. And, and in this group, 725 rolls around we still don't have a drum kit set up 
nobody and but no one is stressed apart from me I'm having kittens of like <laughs> but this was the, you know of like my ordered in my experience instead of actually the creators of the music and nine tenths of the band are having the best time and for them it's about the like the shared time together and I'll do one run through a track and they're like oh the groove was great uh-huh. and I'm like oh no, there was too much rubato in the second repeat of the chorus. <laughs> and I just want to error correct the whole thing. And they're like, oh, the flow was great. We loved the, you know, the bit we did a bit differently. Yeah, that's good. That's fine. Next. Yeah, so, so interesting. I'm so uncomfortable in, in trying to apply my framework to yeah. their process. And it's yeah. been so good because they've said to me, um, oh, uh, Susan, we don't have a chart. We don't have a horn chart for this piece but you've got a master's degree in horn, right? Surely you can make something up. And I'm like, those two things do not go together. And, and, and that, like, like I was, I could feel the tension in me of just wanting to push it back at them. And I thought, you guys are right. I've spent a lot of time learning how to manipulate the instrument. I understand fundamental, like, music theory. Why the hell can't I make up some notes on an A major chord? So I, it took me like a minute or two of, of this tussle between me of wanting to say, but don't you understand my training? And don't you understand how good I am at playing Marla? And instead thought, no, actually just what they want is a couple of notes. I can play a, like a major seven chord. And so I like took a couple of deep breaths and thought, yeah, sure. Okay, yes, I'll have a go. And so I did, and they like lost their mind. They're like, "Oh my gosh, it was so good!" Um, yeah. And that was That's- such a learning for me to say what the perfectionism and the elitism and the expectations. When really, are we making? Are we like? Are we connecting together through the music? Yeah, like, and, I can and change and- what the, I can change the success criteria in this in in this moment for for yeah. me and for all of us. Yeah, in that particular situation. Correct. But that- but that particular situation isn't taught, right? You, you, you at least at UGA. Um, and that's, I think, a disservice to our students. Um, that so many students and so many faculty, myself included, get uncomfortable with pop music or the concept of improvisation. Hey, Connie Frigo is, an, is, a, is a monster saxophone player. And she can improvise. She just says nobody wants to hear it. So, um, but she, and she, but that, that's different than, oh, I don't, I don't improvise, you know, mm-hmm. I, at least you were willing to sort of, you know, kind of swallow and, and go, um, uh, and understand that that is, that's a, a different mindset and a different way to connect to, to musicians and music than, than you were ever trained. And let's talk about that in music schools that discomfort with all the stuff that we're talking about. We've, we've talked a lot in this, in the uh, conversations in this podcast about the ones and zeros mindset of classical, classically trained musicians. It's, it's perfection or it's death. And this fits exactly in this box of, uh, I, and, and, I, and in my space, um, which is around helping, helping uh, musicians have a life of means and meaning, I see their inability to be flexible they're so rigid and what that it says, it, there's a lot of self-sabotaging going on. Um, there's a lot of inability, there's inflexibility, there's unwillingness to try things that don't look exactly like the model that they've had, that their teacher had, that their teacher's teacher had. And 
they and and it means that they're incredibly risk averse yeah because they've got one model of of correct is per perfect compliance unquestioning compliance and in the world in which they graduate out of music school too that's like the opposite of actually what they need to thrive because yeah. they've, they've had so many years they've been told what to do nobody's asked them nobody's challenged them to take a risk and then they get out and they like they can't, they can't function. And we, and like, it's no wonder there's major issues with drug and alcohol misuse in young musicians. Yeah. Uh, be, because the models it's, it's a, it's a ones and zeros. It's a win, lose, win, lose game. And also setting up this mindset of if anybody wins, if I see anybody doing well, that's less for me. Right. Instead right. of a sense of a, a musical abundance and, and right. actually there's loads of opportunity for my creative practice and my, training as an artist to connect people through music in lots of different ways. Right. You, you reminded me of the fact that there, nobody says I hate learning, but a lot of kids say I hate school. Right. Um, and I know, I know a lot of, I mean, it, it's, it's our fault, right? I mean, who, who, who hates music? Nobody. Right. Uh, yeah. Like Beyonce's not struggling to sell tickets. No, Lizzo's no. not struggling to sell tickets. There's nothing wrong with the musical experience itself. No, no, no. But but how we set up music conservatories in exactly the way you've described is so damaging, I think. And 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 to come back to opportunities that we can have during during what are we calling it? The COVID crisis, the pandemic, and and how it's going to change what we do. Let's talk about that. Because what, what we've just done from March to May was pretty far from perfect. It was pretty far from zero and one. It was the best we could. Yes. And it was okay. And we all learned a lot. Can, can we transfer that feeling of, of, of sense of discovery um, and, and learning something new, but it not being perfect and that's okay? Um, I hope so. I hope so. So imagine if every school of music in the world did an open Zoom call for one hour with every faculty and they broke a faculty member and any students on the call and they talked about, this is what we did that wasn't perfect. We struggled. It was a struggle. It, we didn't know what we, 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 we weren't equipped. We didn't know what we were doing, but, but our priority was um, doing the best for your learning that we could. And here's actually, as a professor, what I learned along the way, and it's really helped me open up to have more of a growth mindset about what might be possible. But we actually showed some vulnerability mm -hmm. and said, we were not prepared. Mm -hmm. we, we've done, and, and we have done the best we could. And mm -hmm. how could going forward, if this is the way we're going to be together for another six months, how could we make this better for you? Yeah. Yeah. So just simply showing that 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 um, it's not the sage, it's not the sage on the stage model. Okay. We don't yeah. know. We just yeah. don't know. But we're yeah. doing the best we can with yeah. your musical development at the center of our decision making. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. I, and I, we've said that to each other as faculty at UGA, but we haven't said it to. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said it to my students, but I'm not sure that that we've said it to. Uh, We've said it to all of our. Students. I agree. Yeah, and I see. I'm seeing a lot of complaint at the uh, the school where I used to work from from students really unhappy uh, because, and it's really an issue of communication rather than an issue of um, 
experience that 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 there's not been communication and and honesty around we weren't prepared these are the challenges that we faced um this is actually from your professor's point of view what was required of them to get to what they were able to give you um so just to have a bit more insight for the students into what it's been like at our side might help hose down that frustration about the quality of their experience and teach them to be empathetic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I, I mean that's another thing about rehearsals isn't it can can rehearsals be a place of vulnerability and and um, embracing that honesty and and openness um, yeah they can and mm. and and that's okay too right that's how that's that that trust building stuff i i yeah i'm going to be meeting with all of my graduate students tomorrow all for over zoom cocktails um and this is graduate students past and present um and and i uh, first of all i just want to see them and make sure they're okay i mean i know they are, are individually but i just want to hang out with them but i'm i want to ask them this question about the big question is how can we make what we do more relevant more inclusive to use that word i don't like um but especially um how can we rethink the delivery of live music to be not just a playground for the rich mm. or the people that can afford it or white people i think cindy if you uh and none of, I, I i wouldn't think any of them would question that so maybe the question is actually well what 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 would that look like for you in your community mm -hmm. and actually get them f from beyond concept because they're you know they're um they're not in pre-contemplation they've accepted they 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 are in this space of acknowledgement of that so get them through to ideation and action so what would this look like and what is the smallest thing that you could do one action that would take less than five minutes that you could do in the next 24 hours that would advance this in your community and challenge them to take some action yeah love it love it yeah that's a good one yeah it's it's to me an amazing opportunity for yeah. for really rethinking things and re redoing things i mean i just sent an email today that basically said i'm frankly incredibly uninterested in sitting on a committee unless we are you know really talking about change um regardless connie and i will do the change anyway <laughs> but it would be nice i mean one of the things that we've been talking about for years years susan is is the concept that true creativity or real creativity i think steve jobs said this is just about making connections so if that's true, and if we, if we believe that to be true, are our musicologists talking to our theory, theorists and our ensemble directors and our music therapy and our studio teachers? No, we get together once a month of faculty and talk about budget. We, we don't talk about how our curriculum could overlap and make connections. And we, we do, if I send my rep list to the theory teacher, one of them, and she says, that's awesome, okay, I'll do a lot of Messian. And, you know, for those students, that's fine. But come on, you know, these silos of learning are so uninspiring. And it's not only within the School of Music, it's imagine if our music therapy students 
and our music educators worked with our School of Design students to custom print 3D adapted instruments for high school students. <laughs> yeah. that. So let's even yeah. get out of the music school and say, actually, yeah. How does all of the how does all of the scholarship solve a problem for somebody else? Yeah, that's yeah. what I want to see. I want to see a whole project around custom adapted instruments, pulling those three groups of people yeah. together, and that's their capstone project for their you know honors honors year or whatever. We have the we have the mechanisms to make all that happen. Yeah, yeah, of course we do. The, the art the art school at UGA has an art X degree. There's no core subjects there's no required it's just you make your own degree and you do that with you know with the help of a of a an advisor and all that but i just i i think that's such an interesting idea and you can take as many courses as you want outside of the art school um and all, you know all of the things that you're talking about is strongly encouraged so you know change is hard and I, I've decided that the people that hire you to be innovative actually aren't that fond of change. <laughs> I've come to that conclusion. <laughs> or, uh, uh, unless it fits their rubric, you know. Um, but it, it changes hard. It's slow, especially in Georgia. Um, but it's, it's happening. It's happening in spite of ourselves. Um, and, it, and it's damn well happening all around us. So, yeah. you know, as, as we started this conversation with, if 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 we don't get out of this box very few very soon we're going to be the only ones in it and it's not going to matter not a bit cindy this has been absolutely fascinating and so inspiring and i hope that uh our listeners are taking some of your passion around this and some of the ideas that you've had and they're thinking about how this is going to be applied to their communities so thank you for all that you do for the musicians who are under your care and the ones who've been under your care and for your community. And um, we can't wait to see what's gonna happen in the coming months for you uh, at the School of Music in Georgia. So thank you so much. Thank you, Susan, my great, great pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us for the Progressatorium. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. You can find links to anything we've mentioned in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation and it's been valuable, then help us by please spreading the word and sharing this conversation.